The confession you are about to hear is an actual tape recording. All right, read the statement, please. I make this confession of my own free will because it is true. There has not been any force or violence used upon my person to induce me to make these statements. Without promise of immunity or reward or gratuity, I confess. You understand, of course, that your statement will be made public through the radio program Confession. I do. And that your name for the purpose of this broadcast will be Leo J. Fowler. Yes. You understand all this? Yes, sir, I, I understand. You are listening to Confession. This case history of the subject referred to as Leo J. Fowler is a matter of documented record. You will hear the story of his crime experience as told in his own words. All right, Leo. Go ahead, please. I don't like anything that's quiet. When it's quiet, I get restless. Nervous, like, you know. My, well, my aunt's place was too quiet. They shouldn't have sent me back there. Uh, they? Yeah, I did two years in reform school when I was a kid. I was 18 when I got out. Mm -hmm. My aunt was okay. She treated me okay. But the people around there figured I was one of those problem kids. Kid with a record. They were polite, but... Well, you know. Sure, I know. Go on. My aunt owned a house in Torrance. I used to hitch rides over to San Pedro around the docks, looking for guys I could talk to. Around the docks there, you can usually find guys like that. Hey. Yeah? Got another one of them cigarettes? Sure. Here you are. Thanks. Light? Got one. I've seen you around here before. You work on the docks? No. You? Nah. Just bumming around. Just got out of the jug. No kidding. Eighteen months. Got out in a year, though. What'd you do? Stick up. The guy got tough, I had to slug him. Guess I hurt him more than I wanted to. Oh, you ain't bad for that. No? What do you know about it? I put in two years. You? Sure. Juvenile training. Juvenile? <laughs> what do you know? Juvenile training. <laughs> so, so you've been trained, hey, kid? You, uh, learning the... Good tricks. I learned how to slug a guy without hurting him too much. I can jimmy a window without denting the wood. I can cut glass with a pocket knife and some sand. Well, what do you know? Juvenile training, eh? <laughs> Come on, juvenile. I'll buy you a drink. And that was how you met him? Yeah. He told me his name was Phil. Bought a couple of drinks in a bar where everybody knew him. I see. Then another guy, a guy named Monty, came in and he bought some more. They were a couple of years older than me, but when I knew some angles from reform school they'd never heard of. A few more drinks and I was ready to show them off. That's how I get it after I have too many. Anyway, we picked out a grocery store Phil knew about and lifted a little more than 300 bucks. 
We divided it even. Uh, what did you do then, Leo? We started for San Francisco on a freight train. It was a slow freight. And I guess it was about 12 hours out of L.A. We were getting pretty jumpy. Monty went to sleep. Well, Phil had some dice, so we started shooting craps. That wasn't so good. There's 40 bucks in the pot, kid. Cover it. Nah, not for 40. Come on, kid, cover the pile. Uh, forget it. I'm busted. What do you mean, busted? Busted, that's what I mean, busted. You still got a roll left. I know you got a roll left. Look, that's my business, huh? What's the matter, kid? Saving some to send back home to Addie? Shut up. Why so worried about your aunt? Won't your mother take your kind of money? Shut up. I said to shut up. Hey, Monty, look. A juvenile ain't a mama's boy after all. Mama don't want... Hey. One more crack and I'll knock her clear off this train. I swear I'll... that stuff, mama's boy, or I'll... Like you... We never got to San Francisco. They stopped the train just south of Salinas. The railroad cops were waiting. They told me Phil was dead. Go on. They pulled me in for murder, but they changed that to involuntary manslaughter. And they sent me up to San Quentin. <laughs> I was old enough for a big prison now. Uh, how long were you at San Quentin? I was up at Q about a year. They set up that guidance center. You know, it's one of those state deals where they give you what they call mental maturity tests. Mm -hmm. Tests to see what kind of work you like to do and well, what kind of work you're good at, you know? Yes, I understand. So for three days, they had us taking these tests. And then they took us one at a time to visit the counselors. You know why you're here, Leo? I knocked a guy off a train. No, I, I mean here at this guidance center. I don't know. We're trying to find out all we can about you, Leo, so we can help you. We particularly want to help you because you've got a good record up here. I keep out of trouble. I, I mean, up here, I keep out of trouble. Why just up here? I don't know. I, well, I, I feel like I can handle things better up here. Like Maybe like I have more control over things. On the outside, it's different. It, it's not so easy. I see you're... Mother died when you were born. Mm-hmm. And your father? <laughs> Who knows? He just walked out. My aunt took care of me. She was okay. According to these reports, you held a job while you were going to school. Were you trying to help her out? I was trying to make some dough so I could quit school and take off. That's when I went to work at the Penny Arcade. Mm -hmm. And you had some trouble there. Mm. My boss at the arcade kept saying I stole money from the change booth. Did you? Nah. That was, that was just his excuse to knock a few bucks off my pay every week. One day I got hold of a bottle. It was the first I ever got drunk. I wanted to get even with my boss, so I stole the cash box. And that's when you were sent to juvenile training school? Yeah. yeah well, let's see. It says here you work best when you work alone, handy with tools, and you have latent aesthetic tendencies. Latent? What's all that mean? <laughs> Well, it means we're going to teach you to support yourself instead of letting the state do it. All right, go on, Leo. Well, um... You were saying they gave you these tests. Oh, yeah. Well, 
Anyway, after they sent me to school up there at Q, uh, they taught me how to bind books. Something I'd never even thought of before. It's a pretty tricky deal, binding books, you know. I imagine. And how long did that take? Well, I took the book binding course for two and a half years. I got pretty good at it. They started giving me a little more rope around there. And... Ah, that's when Mixer showed up. Uh, Mixer? Yeah. Uh, Mixer was the con man in our cell block. You know, fast talker. Uh, you know, official greeter. Oh, yeah. You wanted me to use the tools they gave me to make shivs for the other cons. You turned his proposition down? That's right. Inside the prison, behind the bars, I could handle things. No liquor around, that helped. I could take care of myself, you know. I had a good record. Six more months and I was up for parole. Mm-hmm. It came through pretty fast. Before I knew it, I was outside again. Outside the bar. The first thing I did was to check in with my parole officer in San Francisco. A pretty nice guy named Torben. Hi, Leo. Come on in. Sorry to keep you waiting. How are you? Pretty good, Mr. Torben. Sit down. Thanks. You, uh, you heard about your job, didn't you? Yeah. My aunt wrote me about it. A friend of hers or something. She was pretty impressed with those books you bound. How's he feel about ex-cons? He's willing to hire you, Leo. Just give him good work. He'll forget you ever had a record. Maybe. You forget your record, too. But just don't forget about me. Check in here regularly. Sure. And, Leo, if if you get into a jam, if you need money for an emergency or anything like that, call me. Don't ever be afraid to call me. All right? Sure. Good. Now, go on downtown meet your employer. What's the matter? Nothing. I look okay. Sure, you look fine. Something bothering you? No, no, it... Well, I'll see you later, Mr. Torben. Maybe Mr. Torben knew, and maybe he didn't. But I knew what was bothering me. And what was bothering you? I was on the outside now. Outside the bars, I mean. It wasn't like prison at all. You you didn't look up and see a guard looking down at you from the top of the wall. Nobody looked. Nobody really cared. It scared me, you know? Scared you? Yeah, I I kept thinking nobody cared. I, I couldn't shake it out of my mind. Nobody cared. That was the trouble. Nobody cared. You are listening to Confession. Before continuing with a documented record of the subject referred to as Leo J. Fowler, the National Broadcasting Company is honored to present Mr. Richard A. McGee, Director of Corrections, Department of Corrections, State of California. Mr. McGee. The pattern developing in tonight's case appears to be that of a recidivist. Statistically, we must unfortunately expect a certain percentage of institutionalized criminals to fall back into prior criminal habits after release from prison. It is the aim of all of us in correctional work, however, to minimize the number of these recidivists through rehabilitation while they are in our custody. The goal of correctional officers and parole officers alike is to substitute socially adjusted habits for the habits that lead to crime. 
rehabilitation of the individual is society's only permanent protection against crime. Thank you, Mr. McGee. Now to continue with confession and the documented record of the subject referred to as Leo J. Fowler. Continue now, Leo. I guess I was wrong to think that nobody cared because Mr. Torben was pretty interested. That's what he was getting paid for. Well, well, anyway, I started working at my job the next day. Uh, was this with a bookbinding firm? Yeah. Well, it's not exactly a firm. Just a guy who had a place near Chinatown. Mm-hmm. He did special work, rare books, first editions, that kind of stuff, you know. People with dough. And how'd you make out? Oh, I guess he liked my work okay. At least he paid me. Uh, that first paycheck looked pretty good, too. I imagine. <laughs> well, you know how it is. All of a sudden, you have a few bucks in your pocket. You can't help wanting to celebrate a little. <clears throat> it was a hot night, anyway. The drink tasted good. Hey. Hey, fella. Hmm? Me? Yeah, you. I'm looking at you, ain't I? It's pretty hard to tell. Oh. Well, you're a wise guy, a wise guy, eh? You ever work in a... In a library, wise guy? You worked in a library, all right. I said beat it. A library run by the good old state of California. That's where I seen you. Took some books in a library. And stir. Bartender, give me a beer. Down at the other end of the bar. Mm. What's the matter? You're not good enough to drink with? Look, if you don't get off my back... If there's anything I hate, there's anything I hate, it's a jailbird who thinks he's better than another jailbird. Don't call me that! Oh. <laughs> Looky. Looky what I got. See? Push a button. Knife blade pops up. Look, why don't you let me alone? I ain't bothering I you. I just don't like stuck-up jailbirds. I said they don't call me that! And was anybody hurt? No... Now it's just a fight. But I knew sooner or later Mr. Torben would find out about it. Oh, it wasn't my fault, but who'd believe that? Well, did you try explaining it? No, I hit the road out of town. <clears throat> I hitched a ride on a truck heading south. It was going as far as Monterey. I spent the night there, blew most of my dough. <laughs> I was dead broke. No job, nothing. I was busting my parole. Nobody cared, so I figured, why should I care? Mm-hmm. There was a gas station just out of town. It was closed. Nobody was around. It was easy. What do you mean easy? For what? Well, I busted a window, found the cash drawer. There was just a few bucks in cash in it, only about $12, and well, a check for $58.50. Made out to a Raymond Barkas. Mm-hmm. I took the 12 bucks and the check and headed back to Monterey. I'd seen one of those, those open all-night diners. I thought I'd try to cash the check in there. Mm, 58 smackers, eh? It ain't hay, my boy, ain't hay. Uh, got some identification or anything that says you're Raymond Barkas? Well, no, you see, I... Driver's license, social security card, you know. Uh, I just ran out with some coffee. Left my wallet home. Uh, it's okay, though. I can cash it tomorrow. Oh, you don't no, have to... no, no, no. Always glad to oblige a customer. Just let me see if I got enough cash in the back. Be right with you, Mr. Barkett. 
You waited? Yeah. But if I'd been smart, I would have cleared out right then. He must have figured something was phony. He was gone only a couple of minutes. I should have cleared out. Then he came out again. Well, he had the money in his hand, so, so I figured, oh, maybe I was just jumpy about forging that signature. Uh, yes, sir, my boy, I think I can do it. Always glad to oblige a customer. Yes, sir. Well, I, I appreciate it. Uh, here, more coffee? No, thanks. I'm, I'm in kind of a rush. Oh, relax. Grow old rushing around. Here. Have another cup. No, honest, I, I've got to be going. I've been so quiet tonight, it's good to see a real live human being around here. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, see, I'd better count these greenbacks again for you. Yeah, okay. There's 20, 40, 50, 55, 60, 70, 8, and uh, the 40 cents. I took out a dime for the coffee. Okay, fine, sir. Uh, go on, finish your coffee. No, I, I've got to... The way get... you're rushing off, I'd almost think you was worried about that check, Mr. Barkis. <laughs> no. No, I... I ain't worried about the check. Are you? Well, if I was, would I be forking over 58 smackers? <laughs> it ain't hay, you know, my boy. I know. I know. Say, it's kind of funny you haven't been here before, living in town for so long. Uh, you know how it is, Never got around this way. Yeah. Well, it's like I always say, a guy... Oh, there's my man. Uh, here's our little friend, officer. Says he's Ray Barkis. All right, go on, Leo. Well, you see, he called the cop when he went back to see how much dough he had. Mm -hmm. He told the cop he knew I was a phony because Ray Barkis, this is the guy who runs the gas station, and he was an old customer of his. Oh, I see. Well, they booked me on a forgery route, one to 14 years. This time, instead of going straight to San Quentin, they sent me on a bus with a bunch of other guys right straight to the guidance center. Mm. They said after we took tests and everything, the guidance center would decide which prisons we belonged in. I spent six weeks up there, working half a day and, and listening to guidance counselors' lecture on what to expect from institutional life. I knew what to expect, but I had to listen anyway. Then one day they, they told me I had a visitor. Hello, Leo. How are you? Mind if I sit down? Go ahead. Look, Mr. Torben, don't give me the business about letting you down. I'm beginning to like it up here. Safer for you, then, is it? Maybe. At least they care about you up here. At least you can get an even break. No breaks on the outside, Leo? None at all? No. You were pretty nice about things, sure, but... Well, you got to make a living doing that. You think I was pretty nice about things because it's my job? That's why you're up here now, ain't it? I just came to tell you, you can get a break up here if you try. With a good record, you may earn a transfer to a forestry camp. Is that good? Mm -hmm. That's very good. Minimum security conditions. Be on your honor up there. And you'd probably enjoy outdoor work for a change. Okay. Thanks, Mr. Torbin. Another thing. I'll probably still be plugging away at this same job when you get out. If I can help you, let me know. Thanks. Okay. Good luck, Leo. See you soon. Now, Mr. Torbin, how come you're so... so interested? Because I don't think you're really a bad guy, Leo, and I like you. I'm not getting paid for that. 
They assigned me to San Quentin for a while, about 18 months. You, uh, you didn't stay there? No. No, my record was clean up there. So I got a chance to be transferred to a forestry camp. That's a minimum security deal. You know, an honor camp, like Mr. Torben said? Yes. It was pretty good. I was there about three years. Then they gave me another parole. Mr. Torben had been in touch with my aunt. And, well, they, they fixed things up, so I had a job right away with a bookbinding outfit in Frisco. And did you like it? Oh, sure, sure. Oh, I, I made out fine for about eight months. Of course... Well, you know, I, I got a little restless now and then, but, but I stayed off the liquor. It was okay, you know? I, I used to ride the cable car home from work. I, I got a big boot out of the way to climb those hills. <laughs> I never paid much attention to who got on or off. Well, 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 the old bookworm himself. Huh? Oh, Mixer, how are you? Couldn't be better, chum. Breathing my first free air in nine years. I know what you mean. Still wrapping up books? Oh, sure, sure. Making any dough. I get by okay. Yeah, take a look at this. Wow. Where'd you get that roll? Ten, friend. Latched down to four winners today. Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, how about a drink to celebrate? Uh, not tonight, Mixer. Well, I'll be seeing you. I'll get off here. Why not? A couple of old buddies meet. It calls for a celebration. I'm too tired, Mixer. Thanks anyway. Oh, look, chum. I'm busting with money. Some other night, maybe, huh? Some other night I won't be coming from Tan Fran with a boodle like this. Come on, yo, it'll do you good. Well, go ahead, Leo. Go on, please. We went into a bar for one quick drink. We had plenty. Mm. I never got to work the next morning because we were still going great. Well, Mixer knew a used car lot where we could heist a car easy. I was having more fun than I'd had in months. Not a bad little boat for what we paid, eh, kid? Yeah, it's a, a real bargain. Yeah. <laughs> hey, where are we going now, Mixer? Las Vegas. Ah, oh, it's a nice place, Vegas. Yep, Garden Spot of Nevada. Full of money, full of dames, full of... Hi, go on. Don't you like dames? It's in Nevada. That's breaking parole. <laughs> Crossing state lines is breaking parole. <laughs> oh, no, it, it ain't funny, breaking parole. Well, what do you funny. think we've been doing for two days now? Now, listen, with your record, if you stick around here, they'll send you back for keeps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess they will. Sure, they'll get you anyway. They always do anyway. So let's have fun anyway. Vegas, here we come. Yeah, <laughs> here we come, Vegas. The garden spot of Nevada. Mixer drove a while, and then I drove a while. Mm -hmm. uh, were you drunk at the time? I guess we were both plenty drunk. Worse than I figured. Neither one of us ever looked at the gas gauge. Right in the middle of nowhere, we ran out of gas. <laughs> the middle of the night, nothing we could do about it. Mixer was asleep, so I went to sleep, too. In the morning, somebody woke me up. It wasn't Mixer. He was gone. It was a cop. I, I, I got scared, you know, a little crazy, maybe. He, he was leaning over me, telling me to get out of the car. I brought my knee up right into his face. He fell, and I started to take off. The police car was sitting there with another cop in it. Nice. Well, they sent me back to Frisco that night. 
Mr. Torben came to see me while I was still in the locker. Well, Leo? Go away, will you? I don't want to see you. I know. If you'd wanted to see me, you'd have called me before you left town. What for? I got loaded. I blew my job. I skipped town. You'd have sent me up for keeps. Leo, we aren't here to punish you every time you slip up. We're trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Don't you realize that? I don't know. I don't know. We might not have sent you back to prison just for getting drunk, Leo. You wouldn't? After all, you've got a good record, which would have been in your favor. But now, stealing a car, attacking a police officer... Yeah. Yeah, I know. What can we do with a guy like you, Leo? What can we do? I don't know, Mr. Torben. What can I do with a guy like me? You have just heard an actual confession. This case history of the subject referred to as Leo J. Fowler is a matter of documented record. To protect the legal rights of this man, names and places were changed or deleted. Technical advice for confession comes from the office of the Director of Corrections, Department of Corrections, State of California. In a moment, you'll again hear Leo J. Fowler. Subject, Leo J. Fowler. Found guilty, auto theft, and two prior felony convictions. Sentence, one to ten years. Transferred from Guidance Center to a California state prison, Folsom. Psychiatrist report, dependent personality. Insecurity emphasized when authority de-emphasized. Recommendation, suggest subject be given group responsibilities. Sociologist report, subject cooperative. Responds well to institutional treatment. Would profit by association with Alcoholics Anonymous group. Work assigned, institutional library. Possibility for parole, undetermined. And now, Leo J. Fowler. I've told this same story to lots of people up here. Vocational counselors, parole officers, sociologists, all of them. First, they put me to work in the library, binding books. Then I became interested in the AA group. You know, Alcoholics Anonymous? We, we have a group meeting the same as, well, the same as Alcoholics Anonymous meet on the outside. Later, I was elected secretary. I've had a chance to help other fellows like their problems, too. For the first time in my life, I'm helping somebody. I'm helping these guys, just the way the counselors are helping me. I, I think it's going to work out okay. No, no kidding, I really think it will. <laughs> 